The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The February 22nd edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of February 22nd, 2023. Mercy Flight Milestone. The Ticks are back. Wolverine's b-ball season wraps up. Tour de Lopez and Ride the Rock are now combined. Plus, choice excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. From the Island's Sounder, Mercy Flight Milestone A significant milestone was reached the morning of February 9th as Gil Blinn flew his 1,000th Mercy Flight. The Orcas Aviation Association and the Orcas Island community he serves congratulates Gill on this remarkable achievement assisting his community. An avid and skilled pilot with a commitment to community service, Gill joined the Orcas Aviation Association, OAA, in September 2003 and has subsequently averaged over 100 Mercy flights a year. Gill also serves OAA as the official flight scheduler, connecting other Mercy Flight pilots with patients and family members. When anyone on our island has a non-life-threatening accident or illness and needs to get to a mainland hospital now, Mercy Flights is there. If a patient has a critical appointment with a specialist or is scheduled for daily radiation or chemo, etc., an 8- to 10-minute flight to the mainland or Friday Harbor and back is a much better solution than an exhausting all-day round trip on the ferry. Family members are always welcome to accompany the patient, and flights are always free to all Orcas residents and visitors. Gill and all the Mercy Flight pilots hope you will never have to use their service, but just in case, they're there for you when you need them. Operating informally since the 1980s, OAA incorporated and became an official FAA program in 1996. IRS approval as a 501c3 nonprofit corporation was obtained in 2003. That approval by the FAA and the IRS allows Mercy Flight pilots to receive a portion of fuel reimbursement for flights. Pilots donate their time and use their own planes to conduct Mercy Flights. If you are interested in becoming a Mercy Flight pilot, please give Gil a call at 360-376-6579. Your support of this organization and the wonderful service pilots like Gil provide is greatly appreciated. Help your community ensure this service is always available. Donate today to the Orcas Island Community Foundation, OAA Fund, or send a check to OAA at P.O. Box 712, East Sound, Washington, 98245. The Ticks Are Back by Russell Barsh, Director, Quiot. It's time again for Ticks! Warmer weather means that ticks will once again be questing for warm-blooded hosts, including pets and people. 
Some islanders have already collected their first ticks of the new year for Quiot's tick-borne disease study. And we would welcome more. In 2022, Quiot received 182 ticks from islanders. 56% of them came from Orcas and 38% from San Juan Island. Lopez, Shaw, Waldron, Obstruction, and Canoe accounted for all the rest. Nearly three-quarters of these ticks were found on dogs, 70%, and most of the rest were found on humans, 21%. But a few were found on other domestic and wild animals, cats, horses, foxes, and a lizard. Fifteen ticks collected last year, 9%, were carrying at least one pathogen that can cause disease in humans and other mammals, a little over half of these ticks were infected with the malaria-like parasite Babesia, which until recently was almost exclusively seen in the eastern states, but is now being found on the Pacific coast. Babesia forms locally adapted species relying on different primary hosts. Over a hundred Babesia species are already recorded worldwide. The Babesia we have detected thus far are similar to Babesia odocoili and Babesia microti, found on deer and voles, respectively, on the East Coast. But further study may reveal that they are novel species, evolved as this parasite spread westward. In any case, Babesiosis is a serious disease that progresses much like Lyme's disease. Other pathogens we detected last year in island ticks include Rickettsia, associated with spotted fever, Ehrlichia, Anaplasma, and Mycoplasma. Nearly all of the infected ticks from 2022 were recovered from dogs, underscoring the importance of vigilance by dog owners, especially when returning to the islands after traveling to mainland regions where tick-borne diseases such as Babesiosis, Lyme, and Rocky Mountain spotted fever are more common than they have been here. A tick can remain attached to a dog feeding happily for up to 100 hours, enough time for its owner to drive from a Lyme hotspot such as New York, Pennsylvania, or Wisconsin back to San Juan County. Why so many ticks on Orcas and so few on Lopez or Shaw? It is possible that the answer lies in differences of habitat. Orcas and San Juan are relatively mountainous, with large areas of unbroken woodland. Or the answer may have to do with the kinds of intermediate wild animal hosts upon which ticks depend when they cannot find humans or pets for a blood meal. Lizards are reportedly a key wild host for ticks in the Gulf Islands, and in the San Juan Islands, Lizards are mainly found on Orcas and San Juan. Ticks collected in 2022 were mainly encountered walking in residential areas and popular public trails. This is also consistent with a strong association with pets. The missing link is a wild host, such as voles, deer, or squirrels, that may be providing a reservoir for infected ticks close to homes and parks where people and their dogs are vulnerable. This will be the focus of Quiot's 2023 research on ticks, which you can support by mailing specimens to Quiot, P.O. Box 415, Lopez Island, Washington, 98261. 
If you do find a tick and can donate it to Quiot for study, be sure to let us know the date the tick was found, what host it was found on, such as a human, dog, or other animal, and where the tick was probably encountered, such as East Sound Dog Park or Cascade Lake. Also, please let us know if you had traveled to the mainland within two weeks prior to discovering the tick. Quiot tick researchers cooperate with the Orcas Animal Protection Society, Wolf Hollow Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, and the Zoonotic Diseases Unit of Washington State Department of Health. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Wolverine's B-Ball Season Wraps Up, by Catherine Wheeler. The Wolverines wrapped up basketball season on a celebratory note with big wins over Coopville. Girls. On Friday, girls varsity basketball achieved their biggest upset of the season in a riveting game that resulted in a narrow two-point win, 49-47, over the visiting Coopville Wolves, to whom they lost by 20 points just two weeks prior. The Wolves came out with a strong start hitting a number of three-pointers and playing at a faster pace than the Wolverines, who were down eight points at the half. But when the fourth quarter hit, something switched in Friday Harbor, and with the help of a large and energetic crowd, the girls steadily picked up momentum and finesse, scoring basket after basket and eliminating the Wolves' lead. Freshman Vera Schultz had a particularly impressive game with 16 points, alongside junior McKenna Clark, who also carried the team, scoring 17 points. When sophomore Mia Germain, one of the team's leading scorers, hit a three-pointer with just 36 seconds to spare in the fourth quarter, followed by sophomore Perla Garcia-Sanabria securing a critical point after being fouled in the final seconds, the Wolverines tied up the game to progress to overtime. In overtime, the team came out in full force with an incredible effort that brought them to their huge win, backed by a loud and proud Friday Harbor crowd that lit up the gym. After the game, Coach Sue Grenfell lauded her seniors, stating that what makes the team special is the leadership from our seniors, Mia and Audrey. They're positive and they support their team 100%, and you can see it out here tonight, just with the energy they have with each other. The game wraps up the season, leaving the Wolverines with a 5-6 overall record and a final game to remember. Boys In the team huddle before the game, Friday Harbor Boys Varsity Basketball head coach Brandon Peterson repeated, Make every second count. It was clear that this motto stuck, as the Wolverines achieved an incredible 67-60 upset over the visiting Coopville Wolves in their last game of the season Friday. Junior Jack Anderson came out especially strong, scoring an impressive 10 points in the first half, which ended with a tied score. When the Wolves emerged amped up in the second half, the Wolverines fought with incredible force, with senior Jackson Waldron showing style and skill as he scored nearly a third of the team's points. Sophomore Pierce Klein brought consistency and poise, humbly scoring 13 points to match Anderson's. As the game clock winded down, 
the Wolves received a technical foul due to foul play, bringing the Wolverines to the free-throw line where they showed focus under pressure, gaining the necessary baskets to bring them to their ultimate win. Coach Peterson celebrated the team he'd cultivated through the season, stating that their biggest triumph was their ability to try to fight through adversity, especially after losing two years of playing to COVID. The boys had a 4-14 and season overall, with Chris Gustafson averaging the highest points per game at 10 points per game. With two enormous and shocking wins, both the girls' and boys' teams left the gym with grins, leaving a sense of great things to come for the future of Friday Harbor Basketball Program. From the Islands Weekly, Tour de Lopez and Ride the Rock are now combined. The Lopez Chamber is offering the return of an improved Tour de Lopez on Saturday, April 29th. After a three-year hiatus due to the pandemic, the 17th annual Tour de Lopez will combine the best of last year's Ride the Rock for locals with visitors' desire to enjoy a carbon-free tour of the island. The event will center around the open space between Bruvado and the Blue Heron Bistro, with the students' M-Pact band in one area and the Cajun band in another. Local vendors are invited to share their wares. The midday meal will be catered by the Blue Heron Bistro, and Bruvado will open with its beer garden. There are various lengths of riding itineraries so that the little ones can find an appropriate route and the skilled riders others. Registration is $55 per adult, $35 per youth, which includes the Saturday ride, three refueling rest areas with yummy treats, a wonderful buffet lunch, live music, and a beer garden. Be sure to register early, as this is typically a sell-out event with limited registration. Get together with friends, make new ones, enjoy the natural scenery, and finish off with a delicious meal and a purchase of local goods. All proceeds are used to keep the village restrooms open year-round now and the village park maintained. Volunteers are needed to make this a safe experience enjoyed by residents and guests alike. To register, go to www.lopezisland.com. To volunteer or for further info, call 360-468-4664. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On February 8th, a San Juan deputy stopped a vehicle for registration that expired in 2019, as well as the owner having a suspended driver's license. A citation was issued to the driver for driving while license suspended in the third degree, and an infraction was issued for an expired registration over two months. On February 10th, a deputy on San Juan Island was dispatched to a report of a traffic offense. It was determined that an unknown vehicle collided with a mailbox and caused damage to their property before leaving. A deputy on San Juan Island stopped a vehicle for speeding 76 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. The driver was arrested for DUI and booked into jail.
Deservedly so, if you ask this reader. A Lopez deputy responded when two dogs escaped onto Port Stanley Road. The dogs were set free when a tree fell and damaged the fence containing them. They were quickly recovered by their owner. Deputies responded to a report of a vehicle driving erratically towards the ferry landing from East Sound. Deputies located the vehicle at the ferry landing. Through witnesses and videos provided, probable cause was established that the driver had committed the crime of reckless driving. She was booked into the county jail. A San Juan deputy responded to a report that a gun had been found on the street. The deputy took custody of a rusty, unloaded firearm and placed it into evidence. The gun did not return as stolen and no owner information was located. On February 13th, a Lopez resident reported seeing a vehicle listed in a recent sheriff's office bulletin parked in their driveway recently. The vehicle did not have a reason to be parked in that location. A photo was provided. Four teenage girls were caught on video shoplifting from the Pebble in Friday Harbor. An investigation and an attempt to ID the girls is ongoing. A report of spray paint vandalism was taken at the fairgrounds. The skate park, along with the old foundations where the chicken and rabbit tents go, was spray-painted with graffiti. A deputy on San Juan Island was dispatched to a report of a residential burglary. After an investigation, it appeared that there was a mechanical malfunction and no crime had been committed. And this concludes the February 22nd edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center, Orca Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcacenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.